This episode is sponsored by Ginja 9, the Portuguese sour cherry liqueur from Albiduz, Portugal. Crafted by hand, made with love. For more information, visit www.ginja and the number 9.com. Welcome to our Portuguese Table Podcast. I'm Maria Lott, and these are in Green Bean. And I'm Angela Samoz, and we're just two chicks dishing about Portuguese food, culture, and what it means to be Portuguese. So grab a glass of vinho or un copo de café and join us as we talk about our favorite foods, reminisce about growing up Portuguese, and interview some of our community's most successful chefs and food writers. So, so sit, sit down, down at, at our Portuguese, Portuguese table. table. Happy New Year, Maria. How are you? Boas festas. Feliz Boas Yes. Yes. It's a new year, 2018. Yes. And happy, happy new year to all of our listeners out there. It's been a while. I'm it's sorry. It's been a We're while. <laughs> yeah, we'll address that in another yeah, podcast. We'll but yeah, uh, we yes, are we'll here. We'll address that in another podcast because uh, 2017 was crazy for Angela and I. And we're going through a lot of mea culpa, mea culpa here. So... Um, <laughs> So we're going to do that in another mea culpa. It'll be titled mea culpa. Mea culpa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but today I am so excited. Oh my I God, mean, yes. we've been wanting this gentleman on our podcast, I think, since we started. Since the beginning, yep. I've it been really wanting has. to go to the store ever since I heard about it, which is yeah. a couple of years now and I still haven't gotten there. Oh, you will be. You will be. It's like the Mecca. You have to come visit. Yeah, you, you, that's that's the part of it. And to say that we have Mr. Michael Benavides here with us on the podcast is really really exciting for both Angela and I. Thank yep. you, Michael. Thank you, guys. I'm happy to be here with you guys today. Yeah, this and, is. Uh, yeah, so for for just the the official intro, it's Michael Benavides, owner of Portugalia Market in Fall River, Massachusetts. Some may call it Mecca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the Portuguese Mecca store. Yeah, I think it is. Yes. Uh huh. Thank you. You anyway, guys are too kind. But like like Maria said, we are so excited to have you, Michael. We've seen so many stories about your success and how you've really transformed uh, Portugalia. And we can't wait to hear the details and share your story with our listeners. And uh, it's just not fair that there's not a Portugalia in California. I think you need to open one because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's just not fair. (laughs) I'm really feeling upset about this. I I have an idea. And I know I've said this to Michael after I came back from California, and that is you need to have pop-up stores like, in different spots because I just think it, it would, it would, it would be crazy. It would be crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I love, I love California and I love the idea of potentially having a store there someday, but uh, it's a long shot, but we do ship so we can get you the goods. It's just uh, <laughs> that's physically true. opening a location there would be a, a bit of a challenge, but it's not uh, impossible. So. Yeah. Now, you know, for those that are listening and you're not aware of what Portugalia Marketplace is all about, it really is a family business. And it is comprised of uh, Michael's mom and dad, 
and um, Michael is the VP, if I'm not mistaken, and then his sister is also part of the um, the family and part of the business, and and it is really a beautiful story, and and I think it's a story that we need to share with our listeners. And for those of those that don't know Portugalia Marketplace, because here locally in New England, it's like we all know about Portugalia, mm-hmm. but it's time that the rest of the country knows about Portugalia Marketplace. Yeah. So, Michael, could you yes. tell us how it all began? Sure. So, uh, first of all, I, I'd like to thank you, Maria, so much for being uh, an amazing spot. Well, it's not sponsored, but an amazing. Uh, Endorsee of our market, uh, you you really spread the word tremendously for us, and I, I greatly appreciate all you do for us. Oh, thank um, you. So the store started. Uh, well, the store as as we know it today, Portugalia Marketplace. And, and pardon me, I'm a little bit under the weather, but <clears throat> that's okay. It, it, the, the market uh, opened four years ago, uh, October 15, four years ago, and uh, it's uh, we've been in business for as you know, for 29 years next year. Well, this year actually will be 30 years. We'll celebrate 30 years of business. So it wasn't just, uh, you know, by chance that we opened up this 18, 20,000 square foot store overnight. I mean, we've, we've had a, a a pretty good run for almost 30 years now. You know, my father started the the import business in a three car garage in the back of a tenement house, which we lived in uh, 30 years ago. And, you know, I, I witnessed him struggling and, and, and making everything happen and in this little three-car garage. And we slowly started to uh, build a, a customer base uh, where customers would come knocking on our door to have us open the garage to service them. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's funny. I, I remember your mom telling me that story. Yeah. and But I had asked your father, what did he start with, with selling in his garage? What was it, Michael? So it was coffee. It was our very yeah. first import. Uh, so my father at the time he started to you know he he wanted to work on his work for himself, <clears throat> and he started to do uh, importing. And he, the the very first product he imported was Nescafe, which uh, mm-hmm. still exists today. But at the time it was these little packets of uh, instant espresso. So you wouldn't have to have an espresso machine at home. You could just rip open one of these little packets. You could it was per, uh, perfect portion size. You dump it into the coffee and uh, coffee cup and mix it with water and you'd have an instant espresso. So that was the very first product we imported. But, and we went, you know, door and door and my father tried to put this in various wholesale accounts and that wasn't cutting it. So he decided to slowly add new products. But Kalyao early on became a really big deal for us. Uh, we, we, we established a, a pretty solid connection with some, with some exporters from Norway and Canada, and we started importing cod uh, almost early on, and, and developed a, a, a following for having some of the best cod around. Yeah, and all so, this in the garage. That's correct. So wow. all this is happening in the garage, and the business is turning into something a little bit more than just a, a backyard business. Uh, and at this point, my father decides uh, to make to make a leap and. He at the time was working a second shift in a factory like so many other Portuguese immigrants were working. And my mother was working in a factory as well. She was working first shift. He was working second shift. Uh, he was working mostly for benefits, uh, health insurance, and, and also to provide because the business initially wasn't 
making ends meet. Sure. Uh, but at that, but at, at this point, when we decide to make our second leap, which is in '92, I believe, uh, we uh, my father decides he's going to go full time into the business and leave leave work, and so we opened up our second location, which is half wholesale, half retail, and at this oh. point, it's still yeah. Portugalia Imports. Uh, which and is that's a, when I discovered you guys. <laughs> that's right. That's the, yeah. And that was the corner of uh, Tremont and Bedford and, yeah. and Bedford street's a pretty well-known street in fall river, but it, it didn't look, and you knew it, it didn't look anything like a, a store. It right. felt more like a warehouse than a store. And then, so we, we, the business, you know, we, the business started to actually, you know, fall into its own there. It grew very organically, uh, no, no advertising, just w- simple word of mouth. My father, uh, as you know, he's, he's, he's pretty gifted with, with customers. He, he's got a way. Uh, he dealing he with is people. just the sweetest thing, Michael. He really is. Thank you. No, yeah. and, he's, and he's a huge mentor for me. I, I, yeah. he's, he's who I've witnessed my whole life uh, in terms of customer service skills. I've, you know, I've, I see how he, he treats the customers uh, yeah. and, and that's, and that's become a lot of our brand, our brand, has a lot to do with our level of customer service and that, and that comes directly from my father. I think he, you know, he always knew how to treat the customers, play with the customers, joke around with the customers, but always sort of keeping uh, uh, the respect of the customer as well. And, and, and the trust of the customer building that trust and that rapport with the customers over time. And so we, he, he, you know, he'd meet a new customer today. He'd treat them really well. They'd bring back two, three new customers with them. And so the, and so the business grew this way and it kept growing, it kept growing. And like I said, we didn't spend a cent on advertising at that moment. And we were, we were, we had a a really, really solid business, wholesale and retail at that point. Um, And then it, it became too much for the, for the space we had. We had real space limitations. It was tiny. It was a oh, tiny it, space. It was incredibly tiny, and you, yeah. and you recall it, it was. So, just to give you a perspective, it's it was uh, about the floor space was about four thousand square feet of market space, uh, mm-hmm. and then our new our new uh, market is roughly eighteen thousand square feet of floor space. Yeah. So, wow. so that was a that was a big leap. Yeah. Uh, and and that and that took some convincing on my part to convince my father that this was a, a good move going forward. <laughs> And this, and this was a vision of yours, or is this something that he always wanted to do also? Right. So uh, no, at some at that point we decided, you know, when the business, like I said, the business at the, at the old location was doing mm-hmm. well, we, we, we decided whether we were going to either expand our wholesale operation or we were going to go into retail. And so we started looking at some wholesale opportunities, uh, you looking for land, looking for buildings to, and, and we, we sh- shortly thereafter realized that the wholesale business is, is a little is a little more challenging. It, this, you know, you 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 sort of you bankroll a lot of people. You have to you always have a lot of money out there, and 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 we were we were doing really well with retail. So, but we we were kept our options open at that point. But then we we found the building that we're in, and we started looking at that building and pursuing that building. Now we looked at that building that we're in the the, the mill that we're in. Yeah. Uh, two years prior to purchasing that mill. Uh, a year and a half, we, we, we looked at it and we called on it. And at the time it, it just seemed unattainable for us because the, the money that they were asking for the property seemed way out of reach for us. And so we just, we, we, we kept it sort of in the back burner. You know, we, 
you know, it's it's there. And if, you know, we'll we'll make a play for it again if it's available, you know, six months down the road. And so we kept that going, that, this little dialogue with the realtor. And then, you know, we finally got to uh, a number that we we could agree upon. The the realtor did the the seller and, and ourselves. And the, I got to tell you, the first time my father and I walked through the property, uh, we immediately fell in love. We could we could envision the space transforming into a marketplace. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and and it's and it's and Angela, I don't know if you've been this way, but there's a lot of mills in Fall River. And a lot of mm-hmm. the Portuguese people worked in these mills, and uh, and they, you know, they're sort of these spaces that have sort of a negative uh, image in in Portuguese people's minds. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the whole because they these were sweatshops, and a lot of yeah, people they were sweatshops, yeah, in, in these in these sort of erroneous conditions. But the, a lot of a lot of these buildings are, are now becoming transformed into better and more positive spaces. So. I, I saw that as a as a really nice challenge, and I thought that that fit our model really well because up until then we had worked in a three car garage, and then our <laughs> second our second location was an old mill as well. So it kind of kept in in theme with with who we were. We never had yeah. traditional spaces. We never had you know a cinder block building with drop ceiling and fluorescent lights. We always worked out of these very quirky spaces. So this felt right. It felt like it it, it, it was part of our brand. Yeah. So, so we purchased the property. You guys can cut me off and ask any questions. Oh no! I, I mean, oh, no, this is great. The, the thing is, is I'm hearing this whole story again, which is a beautiful coming to America story. It's your typical immigrant story of coming here and and succeeding and with hard work. And I Absolutely. know your father Fernando and yeah. your mom Maria are you know are the start of it all for your family. I mean, I, I know that this does not come easy. It's it's very, how can I say it? When you go into a, a business that is thriving and that is succeeding and is putting, it's it's on display, our, our culture is on display with our food and with, um, you know, other items that you bring in from Portugal, which I love, which is a whole you know, separate thing. It's almost like needs to be a whole specialty shop for other stuff. And, but we're introducing Portugal to people who have never knew about it. This, the way that you're showing them right there, that you right. and your parents are going, you know what, this is Portugal. This is who yeah. we are. Well, and, yep. You're right. That's the, that's the mission. You know, the mission yeah. has been, and, and you've done a tremendous job of this as well, of reaching out to second third fourth generation and and non-portuguese speakers yeah. and non-portuguese mm-hmm. people which yeah. is essential for for my for our businesses to grow yeah uh, absolutely we, we we need to go outside of our own you know uh, absolutely and, and you know what's funny i'm hearing you when you're saying all the stuff and starting from the in the garage i mean who hasn't tried starting a business in their home you know, because yeah. that's where you start. That's where you're comfortable, where you feel you're not going to, you know, lose out. Well, you know, you can start there and then branch out into, I mean, and I remember that factory where it was a little part retail and the rest was wholesale and trying to find a parking spot because all of these trucks were coming in and they were either dropping off or picking up. And then you'd walk in and you've got the first thing you would smell is cod because there would be so much cod there. So the smell would like knock you off your feet. 
And, but you know what? We were used to that in the Portuguese right. community of going into these tiny little shops that were in different communities of trying to get little bits and pieces of, you know, the Portuguese market. And you yeah, would come yeah. in and it wouldn't surprise you to see cod right next to the, you know, uh, register. And right. it wouldn't be, you know, and you've got one little aisle of, you know, uh, of Portuguese items, we were like thrilled just to be able to get that. So from seeing it to little markets like that, that were spread out everywhere and all of that, to what you and your family has done is truly remarkable because now you've got a cod room, don't you? That's correct. <laughs> yeah, cod well, room. And, you have to talk and, about yeah. that. Well, the cod room, and, and you know the story with the cod room, and I think I've, I've, I've mentioned it to you, Maria. It's, you know, when you walked into the old market, you'd walk into the market, and the first thing, you like you mentioned earlier, first thing you'd, you'd, you'd smell was salt cod, and that sort yeah. of, no, if you're used to this, this is perfectly okay, right? And yeah. and I yeah. am, and, and, and we probably are, so this is, you know, this isn't a put-off in any way. Uh, but but you know I actually like the smell. <laughs> well, and, I, and I don't I don't mind it at all. Myself. I don't mind I, I mean, it at all. <laughs> I, I, my my wife seemed well. My wife didn't mind it, but when I get home in the evening, or when all your clothes smells of some god, and she tells yeah. you leave clothes by the door. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a little, or if you had to go to an event and you and you're walking out of the market and you just smell, you, you know you could smell yeah. me as yeah. I walked into the event. <laughs> so that that wasn't always you know that was the the, the downside to all that cod in the air, but, but, you know, we're very thankful to cod, you know, cod is, is very important for my family. Uh, it's been a, a, a massive revenue source for our business. It's, it's, it's in many ways, it's the jolt. It gave the business the jolt it needed. And that's why today we have the salt cod room, uh, the salt cod room, you know, people have labeled it, you know, when we, we, you know, tongue in cheek say it's, you know, we're paying homage to cod, <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, we, we created this room that's odor controlled, uh, although it's not to, well, there's an odor controlled system in there, but yeah. there's nothing that can contend with the odor of salt cod. So it, the odor is still very present. I guess it'd be more present if that system wasn't there. Right. But, but it's temperature controlled. And we display the cod on, uh, in wooden crates on top of a marble table, which is a really big, you know, talking piece. The, the media loves it when they're mm. in the market to shoot and to photograph. It, it, it's just, it's something striking and it's not something you see in other markets. Right. So it, it, it gets shared oftentimes. You see people snapping photos and, and putting it all over social media because it's really unusual if you've walked into the market for the first time to see something like this. It piques a lot of people's curiosity. They, mm. they ask a lot of questions. They come in, they want to know, they want, you know, suggestions what do you do with it you know and, how do you and, and it's it? about the experience it yeah it's all exactly. about the experience it is an experience and to top it off you've got the cod coming from the two best places you could ever have cod come from yeah. and that is norway and in canada in newfoundland Correct. you know yeah. all of uh, where portuguese fishermen have been fishing for centuries is up in newfoundland that's so, correct uh, yeah i mean it's, it's just you know, Portuguese cod, it's, there's nothing Portuguese about it except Portuguese fishermen in there fishing it. The right. do not fish for cod in Portugal. Uh, someone had asked me that question not too long ago, and they said, oh, no, I see cod from, you know, Canada, this, I want cod from Portugal. 
And I'm like, oh my goodness, the waters are too warm in Portugal for cod to be, you know, caught there. You have to go to the cold waters for that. Uh, So, and Norway and Canada or Newfoundland, those are the best. That is the best. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm curious to know a little bit about the... um, so the evolution of your audience, and I think it's, you've already talked a little bit about this and how you set up your store, you've got the cod room, so the smell has diminished a little bit, but talk a little bit about the evolution of how your audience grew from really, you know, focusing on the Portuguese community to then bringing in, you know, non-Portuguese and exposing Portuguese products to, to the broader community. And the reason I want you to talk about this is because I think, you know, we find a lot of people that are trying to make a business of exposing things Portuguese to other people. And it's, it can be a challenge, right? Because there is some education that has to be done. Um, Maybe people don't like the way it looks or like, you know, smells of the cod or whatever. So if you could just talk about how that evolution happened and some of the decisions that you made and maybe even some like mistakes or misses that you said, Oh, we tried, we tried this and it didn't work. So we kind of course corrected that. I think that'd be really helpful for a lot of our listeners. Yeah. So five years ago, the business was a completely different business, right? So we operated in our old location. And I would say, I would venture to say that uh, probably 95 plus percent of the, the market at that point was eth- was ethnic. It was, it, was a, it was a Portuguese market for Portuguese people. Yep. And, then, and then when we opened up the new location, now we're, now we're on a, in a busier intersection, a lot more traffic count where we are. Uh, and then we have, a, we have a visible storefront. So that alone gave us a lot more visibility and, 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 and approachability as well. You know, you, you could now approach our market, whereas before you weren't even certain it was a market. Hmm. But, but we took by taking this mill, uh, you know, this mill concept in, which is it's become, you know, very trendy and you yeah, know, everywhere. Right, yeah. and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by taking this sort of adaptively reusing this space into a, a, a market space that, you know, photographs really well. Uh, it, it, and it got us a lot of attention and a lot of media. And I, and I'd like to say that I think that that has a lot to do with uh, getting new customers, new non-Portuguese customers into the yeah, market. I agree on that. Mm-hmm. The, media, the media attention that we got, uh, you know, whether it be the Providence Journal, the Boston Globe, the Valley Breeze, there's a lot of the publications that were sort of regional. They covered us almost almost immediately. And that got the word out significantly. And uh, because I, did, I we didn't really advertise in, in non-Portuguese media at that point. At this point, we advertised when we opened up the new market. But we were advertising mostly to the to the community to let them know that we were still, you know, that we were in business for them as well. You know, we, we, this was a big, uh, sort of this, this was the, the biggest argument my father and I had, uh, and, and it was continuous it was, you know, he was very, he was very protective, uh, even overprotective of, of his base and, and rightfully so, mm-hmm. uh, because he had worked so hard to build this space. Yeah. Yeah. So he, so he really, really, really wanted to protect, protect them. Uh, and, and I was, and I had sort of more of a, an open mind, and I wanted the, the, my objectives were to, of course, keep the base, but how do we make the market attractive enough for non-Portuguese folks? How do we how do we attract other people into the market? Right. And and we had to do that with merchandising, the way we we, we display the goods and sort of this 
rustic manner, uh, keeping the, you know, and we had in the feel, the, the place I think has the feel of sort of new and old. It's, it's an old factory, but it's kind of been given new life. And, yeah. and you that, know what, Michael, I'll go one step further than what you're saying in that. Yeah. The press, the media, they absolutely showed or gave that insight of like, okay, this is new. This is brand new. And it was the Boston Globe and all those local papers and all that stuff. But let's not forget Yankee magazine did an article on you. And that went Yankee magazine. Mm -hmm. uh, There are people throughout the U S that get that. Uh, There was the edible magazine. Yeah. That's the food. That's the food audience. Yeah. You're right. Mm -hmm. So there was was a a, a cheese, uh, the culture, yeah, Culture Magazine, which that's is right. all about cheese. You know, they came in and because that's all besides the fish, there is cheese like from everywhere in Portugal that you can't find anywhere else. I mean, this is this is it where where they have it here. Um, yeah. So it all of that was an audience that never really thought about Portuguese markets. I mean, you're talking about Yagging Magazine, Culture Magazine. This is a large red uh, magazines throughout the U.S. Um, so that exposed you to even more people. But one thing that goes even further is, I think on weekends, Angela, if you were to go to Portugalia, there would be some taste testing going on, whether it's tasting Portuguese wines. Mm-hmm. Because we all know Portuguese wines are amazing and are so undervalued. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got people, Michael has people, the people from actual vineyards, uh, the actual Portuguese nice. vineyards in there talking about, this is our wine. This is, you know, I've met vineyard owner, owners from Portugal that were there talking about their wines and how this, you know, all of this stuff. And the same thing with, like he said before, with the merchandising, you go in there and it's not just, the cod or the cheese or mm-hmm. the all the different sausages. You've got all the olive oils. You've got the, oh my God, the tunas. Tunas are amazing. Portuguese tuna is amazing. Um, but you'll, you're going to have some taste testing. And we also, there's food tours that we do, don't we, Michael? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's correct. Those have been fun. Yeah. And and the thing is, is I'm laughing because I've done some of the food tours and we're going to do some more this year. So <laughs> but it's it's introducing people who've never or are not portuguese or Mm -hmm. are so you know uh third fourth generation that haven't cooked portuguese haven't been around portuguese food and wanna wanna know how to buy how to cook we're like reintroducing them back into their culture does that make sense no absolutely and and so just to paint a picture for our listeners who haven't been there um, and I have not been there, but I've looked at pictures. It reminds me of like a cross between like a cost plus and just like a, like a high end food, uh, almost like a whole foods kind of, yeah, you know it's the mean? Portuguese whole foods. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious, um, because we run into this issue here and Michael, as you, since you've been here, you know, and as Maria found out our options to buy products are very, very limited out here. And so how, how did you, and this might be a tough question, like a touchy question, but how did you handle the pricing of things and how did the community respond? Because 
you know, the reality is there's the import taxes, right? And so right. for a business, so you have to make money. But sometimes we get people that walk into the Portuguese store here and say, oh my God, I'm not going to pay that for that. You know, that's I can get yeah. that in Portugal for $5. Yeah, well, then you still have to pay the air flight. You got to pay your hotel. So yes, go to Portugal and pay $5 for it. But if you want to buy it here in California, it's going to cost a little more. So how did you handle those kinds of issues to well, maintain so- the customer base? Yeah, so the base, so in, this, in the year one, my father and I, we agreed that we were going to have a we were going to have a price freeze, because we knew that there was going to be an issue when we when when people crossed over. For, so we we closed we closed on say October fourteenth at our old location and opened October fifteenth at the new location. Mm-hmm. So that it was you know we were set up to open. We opened the doors and and one day closed one store and opened another. So we wanted to maintain pricing the same as our old location because we were aware that there was going to be this sort of trial period where all right. our customers were going to come over and they were either going to connect with the space or they were going to disconnect right and so we were very aware and, and we were giving them a lot to take in from the old location to the new location we were giving them a cafe we were giving them a beer and wine section uh mm. prepared foods to go a full you know charcuterie counter with cheeses it was it was our, our old concept on steroids mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so so we but but with so much more with much better conditions and then when when customers walked in we were very aware you know they walk in and they say oh wow this is really nice and and we and 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 then, you know, there's, there's the occasional customer who takes a stab at you and says, well, I'm going to have to pay for all this. Right. Uh, but that, you know, that being said, that's why we, we, we honored this price freeze. We, my father and I said we were going to keep our goods for the same goods you purchased at the old location. At the new location, you were going to be able to buy for the same price for a whole year. And we held to that. And I mean, it hurt us a little bit, quite honestly. But it was a it was a little bit of our marketing. It was part of our mm-hmm. marketing strategy to, to maintain the base. We didn't, we didn't, we weren't going to give them a new store with totally new pricing. We yeah. had to give them a new store with the same pricing. That was very so, smart. So we did that. And, 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 and the, the response was overwhelmingly positive. You know, the customers came in and they loved the space. They really thanked us and, and, and in many ways felt responsible for, for the space because they had supported us all these years. And, Here's their local market that they've supported for so many years now kind of in the spotlight, you know, and so they they felt they felt it was it was a beautiful emotional time even for my parents and to have all all the the customers coming over and, and be very, very congratulatory and very impressed and very happy with what we were able to to do. And and my I don't know if Maria has probably heard my father say that this is our store, not my store. Yes. This is our store. He constantly he goes around. That. Yeah, he constantly goes around letting everyone know that this is not his store. It's everyone's store because we really feel that way. We feel that you know, it's it's not. My father never envisioned thirty years ago that he would have what he has today. He never. So he's he's a very devout man, and he's very grateful for everything he's been given in life. He's had to work for everything in life. It's not, it, it hasn't been a handout, but yeah. he's, but he feels, but he feels uh, grateful that he's been able to do what he loves for 30 now, years. Michael, where I know where, but can you tell uh, our listeners where your family is from? So we're from uh, San Miguel, 
uh, Kunladia more specifically, which is a small village not far from the airport, about 20 minutes uh, outside of Punta Delgada. Uh, so and both my mother and my father from the same town. And I was born in, in San Miguel as well. Um, and I was born in Punta Delgada, but it was, we were from Kunladia. Kunladia. And you right. came over how old, Michael? I was two, so in you were a baby. I was well, just shy of two. Yeah, I just shy two. of two. Yeah, but you know, you're you were saying how your father says this. Yes, it's our store, and he does. He says that all the time, whether it's something new that's there, and I get up, I say to him, "Oh, this is wonderful," or and he goes, "Yes, isn't it wonderful?" And our it's like ours. It's ours. Like not just mine. It's yours. It's ours. But. I'm just so proud of the whole family. I'm just so proud of you for you. the simple fact of, of, and we're going to say this again, and this is something we're always saying in the podcast, and that is there are so many Portuguese success stories out there, and but it all starts with hard work, and there's yeah. a lot of sometimes sacrifices in there. There is a lot of, a lot of things that it does not come easy, but if you continue with the hard work, it pays off. It does pay off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and, and it has, and, you know, and, and like I said, my father, we, he, it's, it's been, it's been a long run. And as a kid, if I, you know, if I wanted to spend any time with my father, I'd have to work in the business. So uh, in yeah. many ways, yeah. there were, there were many sacrifices that were made to get the business to the point where it's gotten to today. Uh, but he, but we, we feel so invested in business we, you know it's it's such a personal business it's not just you know for us it's not just about the numbers it's not about you know it's about relationships it's about uh personal connections you know it's it's so much more it's about our culture uh the the space like you as you know maria you know it, it serves many purposes beyond just selling food we have we have, you know, things from wine seminars after hours to yeah. events that we've created. Uh, so it's it's an event space as well. And yeah. and at its core, we always want to at the core of this all. We always it's always about uh, promoting the culture. Yeah, selling absolutely. The culture. Now you were saying you were brought up, and the only time you could spend with your dad, if you were going to spend it, was working alongside him. But now I know your wife and you and your wife have. Was it three children? Three kids, correct, yeah. That's right. Now, are any of those three finding, <laughs> you're finding them working alongside of you? Uh, well, uh, it's, it's a, these are different times. <laughs> 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 no, but I do, I, do, I do like to take my kids to work. I really do. I, I enjoy taking my kids to work. Today, you know, they, they, they get there. It's a much different business than what it was, yeah. say, years ago. 30 years ago, you know, we were, we were a three-person operation. Today, we're close to fifty. We're forty-four employees or so. So, wow. it's well, I'll tell you what your mom told me. What's that? Your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, your, right. your daughter. Yeah. She says I asked her that. This is the question I asked her a while ago, and I had sent to her because I had seen your children there, and they're they're just beautiful. They're beautiful children. Thank you. And. Uh, and they were going over to your mom and your mom was hugging and kissing them and all of that stuff. And, and I said, Oh, the next generation. And she said, yes, the next generation. She goes, I said, from the three, which one? And she said, Oh, my granddaughter. Yeah. I think she could, she could, she's already knows and sees what's going on and all that. 
So I think it's gonna it's gonna be your daughter. It's, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. It's too it's too it's too far in advance. Well, too. It's too early. Yeah, it's too, too early. early. <laughs> too early on to know. But but yeah. uh, she 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 really enjoys it. She you know when I have to sometimes pull her out of the cafe or, or pull her out of the kitchen because yeah. she's back yeah. there and she's got a she's got a hairnet on and a hat and a, and an apron and now she's only nine so. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how funny. I don't, I don't yes. want to be accused of child labor. They're adorable. But that was but what your mom it. told me. Yeah, yeah, she does like it more than more I mean, I shouldn't say more than the others. I have a 4-year-old and I have a 12-year-old. The 12-year-old is he's really involved in sports and he's got a lot going on, so he doesn't spend much time with me in the market on the weekends, but Sophia when she's free, she'll she'll ask to come into work with me. Uh, and when she gets there, she likes to put on the apron. Like I said, she likes to bag. So she likes, to, it's good. So She's cute. interacting with customers and it's, it's, it's how I, it's how I started. So yeah, I get a kick out of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. She's, I don't know. I, I kind of believe your mom, Michael, I'm just <laughs> letting you know that. And the other see. question, the other question I have for you is where do you see Portugalia marketplace or Portugalia yeah. in five years? Uh, so that's a, that's a tough question, but well, I, I, I have a expansion on my mind, but right now we're focusing on, uh, rolling out the, the, the e-commerce site. And when we, we've been at it for a year now, uh, yeah. and we had, we just came off our most successful Christmas. Oh, uh, how wonderful. Yeah. So that was great. It was good to, to get a really good, uh, you know, set of orders for the holidays it was really nice and we're hoping that now turns into more orders throughout the year and so we're slowly building a customer base that and that's a really tricky business because that's you know it's not just uh, like a market you know it, it, well you have to kind of start that from new i mean although we have a name and we have social media and we can advertise it that way uh there's there's some digital marketing that has to happen on that end for yeah. that to to really take off, but that's finally starting to do something. So that's where our efforts have been and will be for the next year or so. Uh, we need to work on uh, expanding our wholesale operation. So now that we expanded the, the retail and we decided, like I said, five years ago, we were going to go into retail expansion rather than wholesale expansion. We've, uh, we've, we've become our biggest customer. So Portugalia imports is its own entity. Portugalia yeah. marketplace is the is the market, and we self supply. So we've we we're having uh, in some ways a tough time even self supplying, uh, because our wholesale business is still well relatively small. It needs it needs to we need we need a better faci better facilities, better conditions, better efficiencies in place in that in that business to then be able to possibly potentially grow into another store in another location. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and just to build a wholesale business to, to wholesale our goods into other markets, into non-Portuguese yeah. markets, into specialty food grocers all over mm -hmm. New England and, and potentially the U S. Right. Now, right. are there, are there some items in your store that you can't really find anywhere else, uh, whether it be another Portuguese store or of course, mainstream stores, are there things that are, that you've tried to specialize in that, you know, are really hard to get? Yeah. So it's, I mean, for the, yeah, we, we've, we've worked lately with a lot of, uh, 
more exclusive product that we're bringing. We're the only importers. So we're bringing it in. Uh, we have, you know, I mean, it's stuff that you can get through other suppliers. But for example, conservas, we have a lot of, we have a huge conserva section. And it's always, it's ever growing because there's a lot of demand for it right now. And it has a lot to do with recent travel to Portugal. Uh, we're all aware of how Portugal is trending in terms of yeah. travel. Mm-hmm. So so all these recent travelers to Portugal, they they go to all the specialty food shops in the, in the Baixa, for example, uh, at the airport. And they see these walls and walls of conserva. And then, uh, and then they come, and then they come back and many of them come back packing these things and they come back looking for them. And so online we have people reaching out to us looking for canned sardines and canned tunas. And so that's, that's become a, a popular item. So we're always, we're always offering new conservas. Uh, we have, we have some olive oils that are exclusive to us that are, that is so by owned by, well, made by some small family farms, one in Trajmonch and one in Alentejo. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are these are sort of the the exclusive partnerships that we've made uh, in the and, la- in the recent years. And what's funny is is wherever I go and I see stuff that I'm like, oh my god, it's like it's my market. I truly believe your father. It's my market too. So I'm always like, if I go to um, you know Port- Saint Michael or whatever, and I'll or I'll and go, oh my god. This needs to be in Portugalia. Poor Michael. He gets texts from me. Michael. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it. We're always looking for new I do. I, I'm like, I'm like, this poor guy must be so sick of me because I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I think this needs to be in the market, Michael. <laughs> no, not at all. No, that's, that's, you're right. I, I mean, and, and that's, that's helpful. We have a lot of customers you know, and, and, and folks like yourself who come to us and say, I just came back from Portugal and I and I had this and I really love this, you know? Do you think yeah. you can get this? And and we and we you know, we make notes of these things and when, when it's possible we, we will try to bring it in. Now not everything is possible. There's restrictions, there's right. importing importing mm-hmm. games. Like Jinja Nine. We I tried getting that for but then I found out because for the guys that listen to our podcast, we, I mean, we spoke to the gentleman over at Jinja 9 who was like, okay, this would be perfect for, but then I found out you can't, you you don't have, um, uh, what do you call it? Liqueurs. It's just beer and wine. So That's you're correct. not able to carry the, the, the liqueurs there. That's um, right. Even, even further, he would have to sell it into a distributor uh, right. into Massachusetts, which is, which is a possibility. Right. Uh, and then, and then, and then uh, that distributor could then uh, wholesale it to accounts that are allowed to sell spirits and, and liquors and right. And yeah, but but it's but you know we we tried we're always you know I'm checking into Portugal uh, with some frequency. I try to go this year. I went twice. Uh, well, last year I should say, and then this year I, I have a couple of trips planned because just to just to you know well I attend food I attend a. Uh, a food fair to try to find some new products and also connect with some of my existing suppliers. And then what, where, you know, when I'm there, I'm constantly looking in markets and, and new shops, trying to find out what, what the trends are, what, you know, where Portuguese food is at the, at the moment. And it's, and it's, it's changing. It's ever changing right now. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of different influences in Portugal. All right. And it's, oh, you, want, you want me to tell you where I see Portugal going okay. to? Yeah, you know this. I'm putting this out there. Portugalia home. Oh, that yeah. would be cool. 
Yeah. 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 That's well, you know, I have those, those things. I, I have a lot of fun sourcing, uh, you know, the home products. Those are a lot of fun. Uh, those are being made by small, small suppliers in yeah. Portugal. Uh, it's, it, it, you I, know, I, I it, see, I see an offshoot. Like, I don't know if there's, a, I just see like almost like a, um, uh, a Portugal home, like in its own little section. Yeah. How can I explain it? And it's, it has its own little space. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And we've been, we've been discussing this for a while. Uh, you know, you know, if you've been to Portugal, you know, there's a bank in Portugal. Uh, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> right. So the bank was there and prior to the bank coming on board and the board, the bank came on board initially, but the, the idea for that space where the bank was, was to have exactly what you're saying, having yeah. say a, a linen sh a shop that has linens and it has, you know, and it has artisan type goods and it has, you know, maybe a, a Vista leg section, yeah. uh, having all these really nice uh, Portuguese housewares uh, in sort of this dedicated space. Yeah. That's uh, again, I, I really have a lot of fun trying to find that stuff. That, that, that's the stuff that gets me into small villages in Portugal rather than yes. it gets me, it gets me out of Lisbon, Lisbon, you know, you do a lot of, of your deals and you work out, you know, you meet your suppliers, but going into those small towns, meeting these these families who have been doing this for generations, making the montage, making the, you know, the pots, the the, the clay pots, and yeah. that's that's a, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. so I have a, another question, kind of getting into the community discussion. Um, yeah. So you know, so you mentioned, and 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 everybody should know, you know, Portugal's trending right now it's really hot and anybody who's been there recently i mean it looks it there's so many modern um marketplaces and yes there's still a lot of traditional stuff there but i mean the the way that let's for example porto has revamped itself in the last five years is just amazing right and yeah, um correct. so you know I, there's a large part of the community here and i don't know about the east coast but that still feels like Portugal is still old and still, you know, does the festas and, and yeah. some parts of it they do, but I mean, there's this whole movement of like the modern Portugal, right. And trying to translate that here, I think has been a little difficult. So I'm curious as to your observations on, you know, how stores like Portugalia have helped kind of bring, maybe bring the community along to say, oh, wow, this came from Portugal. It's so beautiful and modern. I had no idea. Or, you know, get clubs to do new and different things. Or Because there's a lot of conversation about the future of the community and where we're going. And I think stores like Portugalia have a big role to play in helping to shape that future so that there's something for everybody. And, you know, we're not mm -hmm. stuck doing the same thing over and over again. And so I'm just curious on your take and your observations of the community and I know it's East Coast is, is similar yet different than California, but I'm just was curious as to your take on that. And uh, Maria, of course, yeah. as well. So I think that, you know, we, we're the second generation, the third generation, in, in, some, in some cases, the fourth generation had disconnected from their roots, I think. Well, not so much the second, but say third and fourth. And... Uh, and that's because they because so much because of these the festage and not not so much because of the festage but it just there was nothing new and modern right. connect mm -hmm. that was connecting them to their to their country so they they just looked at their country or their their grandparents country 
as being sort of antiquated and and, mm-hmm. and charming yet yet you know too too in the past and i think that our market has really changed people's perspective uh you know we we see a lot of people coming to the market who all of a sudden are very interested in being portuguese uh you know and then when we show them you know that in portugal you can buy these exclusive wines for example and these beautiful olive oils and these beautiful cheeses and and they they, they weren't aware that this existed in portugal Hmm. They thought that only Italians had things like this or the French or the Spaniards, you know, because those are the markets that they have grown accustomed to knowing as fine food markets. And they thought that ours, our markets weren't sort of as progressive. Uh, so I, I, I felt I felt and I feel now that a lot of the, the second, third and fourth generation with with sort of um, celebrities like Ronaldo and Mourinho uh, showcase, you know, kind of being the the uh, ambassadors of Portugal, that a lot of these people are now proud to be Portuguese once again, or, or, or maybe right. for the first, maybe for the first time, they're they're mm-hmm. connecting. Now, this is the old, the, the 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 more far removed generations, the younger generations, like myself, first generation, or, or you know, from Portugal. I think have kept this bond. They they were pretty proud to be Portuguese. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I was I was always proud of my heritage. Growing up, yeah. so you know, I and me being sort of who I was, I was I traveled a little bit and I saw how other markets operated. I saw, for example, here you know we have Federal Hill in Providence and we have an Italian section, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of a different Italian markets. And when you visit these Italian markets, you look at these markets and you say these are not just Italian people shopping in these markets, right? You know, these these are all kind of people, and 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 mm-hmm. this is this is sort of, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just have to market our goods in the manner that these folks are marketing their goods. Yeah. So we can. I, we can I think it's a it's a step. It's keeping both feet in two different areas. It's keeping yeah. one foot into what is traditional, and one foot into what is coming and what is new, and it's that balance. It Correct. is. No, and and, and 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 Portugal is exactly. I think this is the appeal of Portugal now, is the fact that it, it it's still still kind of in some ways stuck in the past, and that and that feels really authentic to a lot of people who are well traveled. Yeah. traveled it's charming. Over. Exactly, the, you know the the folks who have been to France ten times and they've been to Italy ten times, they now <laughs> they now go to Portugal and they say, "Wow, this feels like uh, you know Italy 20, 30 years ago." You know, mm-hmm. it feels, it still feels, it feels natural. It feels unspoiled and, uh, you know, but I mean, that's, this is all going to change over time. We're aware of this right. with, with all this tourism, with all this foreign investment in Portugal, these, these neighborhoods are going to start to change. And, you know, that's not necessarily a good thing, but you look at Portugal five, 10 years ago, it was a country in, in deep crisis right? and it, and it needed yeah. some stimulus. Yes, it's it did. By, yeah. It's coming by way of tourism which right. is great. So, but, but we see every day, just about every day, we see customers coming into the market who've recently been to Portugal. This has been also a very important segment of our market. Uh, recent travelers to Portugal, they go to Portugal, not know most of the people who go to Portugal. They don't know what to expect. 
<laughs> so a lot of I would I would I would venture to say that the non-Portuguese people they go to Portugal even even the Portuguese ones who haven't gone in many years, they go sort of with, you know, I'm going to Portugal like like as if they got a like a an inexpensive flight, yeah. and they're just gonna go check it out, right? Not really <laughs> giving it much importance, and then they come back and, and they're blown away. Yeah, they're blown away. Mm -hmm. Exactly. exactly. Mm -hmm. I've seen this happen numerous times. I can't tell you how many times that I've had mm -hmm. people tell me, oh, yeah, we're going to we booked the trip to Portugal. It was, it was cheap enough. The accommodations were inexpensive. And then they come back and they're like, oh, my God, I can't wait to book another one. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. So was that I wish I had more time. You know, yep. this is exactly what's happening to Portugal today. So. We benefit from that because the folks go there, they drink the wine, they eat the cheese, they, you know, they see all these handcrafts and then they come back and they become fans of those things. They right. become fans of the wines, they become fans of the cheeses, they want to now consume these things. And mm -hmm. we're there to fill that that void. That void, absolutely. So yeah. it's it's been it's been it's been great. I mean, I I'm not I, I, I would even say that I'm not sure that the market the way it is, the size of the market would work 15 years ago or even 10 years mm, ago. No, no, yeah. I, you're right. It wouldn't have, Michael, because, because it was during that time where if you'd go there, they were struggling. It wasn't something where people were like, oh, you know, whatever. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely so, right. Today, because of Portugal being the country it is, uh, and, and it's it's great to see because, you know, we know that Portugal had a tremendous brain drain. Right. You know, it was a country that always had bright minds, but bright, the, the, these bright folks had to leave Portugal to find any good yep. employment opportunities. Right. Today, you know, Lisbon is sort of this startup capital in, in, in Europe. It's really cool. It's really hip. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of a lot of young people want to be in Lisbon. They want to study in Lisbon. They want to live mm -hmm. in Lisbon. And, and this is this is the complete opposite of what was happening five and ten years ago when young people want, wanted nothing to do with Lisbon. So, so it's, 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 it's really tremendous to, and I, I'm very inspired by it when I visit Portugal to see a lot of the young people in, in the food sector, this, if, you know, I'm walking the trade mm -hmm. shows and, and I'm talking to a lot of young people who are in the food sector, they're, they're traveling all over the world, trying to sell their products into, you know, Asia, Middle East, uh, Russia, you know, Scandinavia, U.S., they're, they're really global thinkers in Portugal. You know, for a small country, we, we're, we're pretty broad-minded. Hey, you know, so, like I read the article the other day, Portugal is hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. it, it, Everything it, about Portugal or being Portuguese is hot right now. Yeah, no, we, we can't, and the media has been so favorable. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's tremendous. I don't know if, it, I don't know if it has to do with, the, the tourism office, uh, you know, whoever's in charge of uh, the director of tourism, but the U the, the U S media, the New York times has been nothing but, you know, gracious to Portugal in the last four or five years, they've given them so much love. All, mm -hmm. all, the, all the, all the major media, all the major publications, right. whether it be the wine sector, the wine sector is doing tremendously well as a result of all the love it's getting in the press. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, that that's one thing that we do at Portugalia. We have, you know, upwards of four or five hundred Portuguese wine skews, which is probably you won't find it. I don't think anywhere else in the U.S. Yeah, um, it's it's incredible. The and I also love the fact that the Andre who you have there, the workers that you have at, in the in that section, 
you come in there and you go, you know what, I'm having this and this. I already tried that wine. That which one do you recommend? And it's another new wine, another new skew. Uh, that comes from this remote village and somewhere mm-hmm. that, and they know all about it. They know exactly what part of Portugal it's from, how big the vineyard is, all of that stuff. And try this. You know, yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, our wines are amazing. Our wines mm-hmm. are amazing. There. Yeah. No, so, Andre's tremendous. Uh, yeah. I, I just have to say Andre's, Andre's tremendous. He's got a great, great palate. And, and this is the approach that we take at Portugalia. We, you know, there's, there's some of my, some of the sectors in the market that still need a little bit more attention, but so we have to being, being a market, a Portuguese market that's open for all. We have to spend a little more time with, with the consumers, the new consumers who are coming into the market who are not aware of any of our goods, the, the wines, for example, you know, the American consumers used to drinking Cabernets, Merlots. They used to drinking varietals. Well, in Portugal, we we're a blending country. We we sell mostly blends, and we have to we have to educate the consumer about what these blends are all about. How you know the the, the various varietals that exist in Portugal. So we spend some time with them. We give you know it's like a little crash course, um, mm-hmm. and we have to take we take we have to take the same approach in cheeses and in the charcuterie and in the codfish. We have to we have to spend time and let them know the so for example in the codfish how to soak it you know yeah. this is a this is something that we some people walk in there and they're intrigued and they okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try this we have to give them a little crash course on how they can now try this they they have to take it home you know soak it we give them pointers tips <laughs> and we send them on their merry way and hopefully and we make fans that way we you know they 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 get to know us by name uh, they come in they. They like the recommendations. We, you know, they're discovering Portugal, and, and it's exciting for them. You know, they yeah. mm-hmm. they buy they buy three or four wines today, and then they come back with with tasting notes. I really really like this one. This one not so much. Do you have more like? That? <laughs> and so we have we we build this really good rapport with the customers, and and win them over slowly. And and then I like to think that the goods talk for themselves, speak for themselves in terms of the quality. Right. Uh, so. That's that's how we've been able to market ourselves to the new consumer. Well, you know, I'll I'll say this, and I've said this to other people who have gone there, or I tell them, you know, I suggest them to go there, or whatever the case may be. And I always say it's almost like taking a mini trip <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because you you step in, and to me, it's the market that I go to when I'm in San Miguel, and it's in Punta Delgada. And it feels almost a little bit like that because the you walk in and it's all the what's in season for um, fruits and vegetables and your figs and your, you know, your beans, your dried goods, you know, all of that stuff is there, you know, and then you go in another area and you've got all the different wines and beers and the, um, you know, and you've got some fortified wines, you've got Madeira wines, supports. Oh my God, the white port, which I love white port. And then you go into the ready-made foods. So every day there is like, there's some that stay onto that menu, but there's always like little changes every day on what's being made. And then you've got all your different sausages and hams and your prosciutto. And and then you have your, um, what do you call it? 
all your cheeses and Portuguese butter, which for those of you out there who've never had Portuguese butter, you've got to have Portuguese butter. It is the best butter. So mm-hmm. creamy. And then you've got your aisles in between of all of that is all your, you know, your cooking ware and your rice and your seasonings and your coffees and your teas and your, it's, and they're all stuff from Portugal. Uh, so I feel like, you know, I used to go to St. Michael and I used to come back with like a suitcase full of stuff because it was like, oh my God, these little things that I can't get here. I don't need to do that anymore. So mm-hmm. like, you know, my family, when they're coming here to visit me, they'll say, okay, Maria, what do you want me to bring? And I'm like, uh, no, you don't have to bring me anything because I can get everything at the market. It's, it's like, it's like a little trip without getting on that plane. It's a little, it's a little trip. And you always leave and you always want to come back for more. And, and that is, that is true success. I, I think whenever anyone leaves a store and enjoys it, because it is an experience in itself, visually, as well as if there's taste testing, taste by, <laughs> by mouth and by nose. I mean, it's just a whole um, a whole way of, of uh, experiencing a market. Mm-hmm. And then when you get home and you enjoy all that stuff, you go, oh my goodness, I can't wait to go back. So that's what I'm very lucky that I live close next to. And I feel very spoiled about that because I know those that are listening here, especially those in California, when uh, I was out there, they're like, oh my God, you know, we would, you know, we wish we had more out here or people down in Florida that are like, oh my God, we wish we had that here. And I know there's Portuguese in, oh, what is it? Idaho? There's yeah. a whole bunch of Portuguese community in Idaho mm-hmm. that I hear from them. And, and whenever I put anything out there in the market, it's like, oh my God, I wish they were here. So I'm, I'm sorry to say, yes, I'm spoiled in that sense because I know when I was in uh, California and up in Lodi or up in uh, Gustine and the closest Portuguese market is what? Five hours away. Um, it, it's just, it's crazy. It's Whenever crazy. you're ready, Michael, we'll open one here. Yeah. <laughs> just let me know. Yeah. So you're, you're located where uh, exactly Angela? So I'm in the Bay area. Um, okay. And uh you know, we have Trade Right Market, which is connected to Bacalhau Grill that sells some items. That's, that's in San Jose, right? San Jose? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, still, it's small. It's nothing, nowhere near, uh, you yeah. know, the, the, the size and, and scope of uh, what Portugalia offers. And then, you know, here, I, I actually live in Fremont, and there's a little liquor store, Sousa's Liquors, that sells some items, which is, you know, it's helpful. But again, you just don't yeah. get the variety um, of the cheeses and the um, Yeah, I've, I've, vi- I've, visited, I've, vi- I've visited Bacalhau Grill before. I've been to yeah. Sousa's. Yeah, because yeah. I've worked with a supplier in the, in, in the Bay Area before, HJC. HGC, oh, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm aware of uh, the, the area a little bit. But you yeah. guys have a... You have a restaurant, Adega, right? Yeah. I was going to mention when you were talking about chefs um, coming out of Portugal. And yeah, so Adega is in San Jose. They are San Jose's only Michelin-starred restaurant. Two years in a row. Yes. Can you believe that? Like San Jose as a city is huge with like hundreds and hundreds of restaurants. And none of them have a a Michelin star until Adega came on the scene. And and 
two wow. years running. They've oh, my God. Well, talk about another adorable family. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, they've been great. Um, and then, of course, we have uh, the two restaurants, uh, three restaurants in the Sonoma area, uh, Tosca Tosca, La Salette, and Cafe Lucia. Yeah. Right. Manuel is fit. I've met him before. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Manuel is yep. adorable. Oh, my God. What a great man. Yep, and then and then we have our new restaurant in San Francisco, Finalmente. We have a <laughs> Portuguese yep. restaurant in San Francisco called uh, Uma Casa. Yes, Altamo. Uh, so yeah, it's been. I mean, they're they're here and there, but again, kind of like what Maria was saying. If you're out in the valley, or even up in Sacramento, which is you know the capital of the state, uh, right. I can't tell you how many times people have posted on Facebook, "Where's the closest I can get some linguiça?" <laughs> or "Where's the closest place I can get bread?" or whatever. It's um, it's a, a need out here. And yes, you know, online, but not everybody right. is tech savvy and not everybody wants to pay shipping and, you know, things like right. that. Or, or maybe they don't know what to buy to kind of to your, your point about this experience of being able to taste test and try things and smell them. And, you know, they get to, you know, they, they know what they're getting when they can actually experience it versus looking at a picture on a website or something, you know, but yeah. So, yeah, it's, but, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a, you know, we have a lot of similarities, like you said earlier, but there's some stark differences between the communities as well. Uh, because I think geographically we're closer to Portugal on this coast. Mm -hmm, yep. So, mm -hmm. so I think we have a lot of say newer brands, uh, maybe that, that you don't have, you know, and, and there's, and there's some bigger importers on this side as well. And, and, you know, we're, we're a small importer and, and, we like it that way. And yeah. there's some, there's some big importers in New Jersey and, and even in, uh, in Smithfield, Rhode Island, there's some big Portuguese companies that, that have been here for a while. And so it's, it seems like a lot of it starts here in terms of the way it gets into the U S and then gets dispersed from here. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, who knows, you know, like I said, we we're online, we can get you guys the product. The problem is the shipping. It's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and, and shipping to California is never an easy task. Uh, <laughs> it's just, yep. yeah, it's, there's, there's its challenges for sure. Mm. But, I hear you. Yeah. Well, so we have reached um, the end of our time, but I do want to get in a couple of the fun questions that we normally ask people, Maria. Yes, I mean, yes, 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 yes. We've, we've talked so much about, about the, the business and how wonderful it is, but, but we need to know what Michael likes to eat, right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like to eat. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite favorite? Let's say you wanted right now something you're, what would be that favorite dish, Michael? Well, it's going to sound boring, but bacalhau. <laughs> what, what else? Okay, but how? How? Uh, all, 100, all 101 ways. ways. Yeah, so <laughs> my, my preferred way is is a grilled. That's my preferred uh, bacalhau uh, asado with batata zamur. I love that. Ooh. And then I, and then I also mm -hmm. like it uh, fried, pan fried. My mother just made oh. some recently. And with uh, it's a, like Azorian style with... Yes, with a mulch crew. Oh, with, with, no, she does it with mulled vilão, with oh. uh, and and uh, with the inyamsh, which was to die for. So, oh I, my goodness, I really, love, I really love bacalhau. That's my, uh, you know, it's 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 the food. It's one food I actually crave if I go without. Interesting. Okay, what's now? We're gonna go to the the other spectrum. What can't yeah. you stand? Uh, there's not much I won't eat, honestly. Really? Um, Even yeah, I, I'm, 
I, uh, I, I can eat dobrada. It's not my favorite. It has to be really small, you know, yeah. like chopped yeah. up really uh, fine. Mm-hmm. If it's really chunky pieces, then I have a tough time with it. But yeah. but uh, yeah. otherwise, I, I, I consume it, you know, every so often. It's not my go-to, though. Not yeah. at all. But but there's not again. There's really not much I won't eat. I mean, I've you know, I eat so many different things. My wife is French, and I and on her side of the family, they they eat a lot of different things as well. And uh, and you know, they thought that I would be picky when I first married in. You know, not knowing. <laughs> and, and and this they they've never been able to outdo me. I mean, they everything they put in front of me, I'll eat. So. <laughs> You know, I, I, it's not that I have this insane appetite, but I, I'm I really enjoy food and I'm not really at all. Interesting. So. Okay. Now we have to talk about your first food memory. My first food memory? Yes. Growing up, what would be that first food memory? I don't know. That's difficult, but I would say fish, like fishwada. Oh. Uh, as, as a kid, I remember... And, and the, the funny thing is my four-year-old is obsessed with fijon, with, with fijuada. He's, he, every, whenever he sees my grandmother, he just wants beans. Uh, his, my mother rather. Yes. So, so, and I, I, from the youngest, from the young, as far as I can remember, I remember eating beans by the bowl, like just a, you know, a fijuada that had pork in it and, and it had, yeah. you know, beans. So that's, that's my, I guess, youngest food. I mean, I pro- that I can remember. I mean, wow, that would be it. Yeah. So okay. do you, do you like to cook? Is there a, is there something that you make? <laughs> I, I, I like to cook. I'm not very good at it. But I like to cook. <laughs> so, so, um, I love to eat. How's that? <laughs> I'm much that better works. at that than I am at cooking. That no, works. But, no, it's, you know, life is so busy mm-hmm. and, uh, and, but I do, I do occasionally enjoy, cooking but my wife will tell you I'm, I'm the worst mess maker in the kitchen right <laughs> I don't I don't clean as I go so I, everything just piles up and then I end up with a, a kitchen that's a disaster right. and I'm gonna have one more question here and that is okay we're sitting at the table yeah. we're having dinner and who would you want to invite if you had to choose anyone anyone who would you choose to be sitting there at the table with you? Oh boy, that's a hard question. Mm. Never really thought of that. Who would I? Who would I want to have dinner with? Yes. Um, it's you and me, know. Maria. Come on. Yeah. Well, of course, you two. This is besides <laughs> Angela and I. You're not getting away with that easy. <laughs> no. Well, uh, uh, like modern day, I would say Jose Avilés. The the famous chef in Portugal. Oh, uh, I, you know, I, I think he's, it's really interesting what he's doing. You know, he's got sort of this modern spin on the classics, yeah. which really speaks to me. I'm intrigued by his cuisine. So I guess, I mean, he's not like a notable figure. Well, he is. And, and he is, he absolutely is. In terms of Portuguese cuisine, contemporary Portuguese cuisine, he's, right. he's notable. So I, I, I mean, I guess it would be him because I'm just intrigued by, how he, he he creates these dishes and 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 this style so nice that's, i guess that would be it nice excellent well has this has been an, an awesome conversation and uh just makes me want to go out to portugalia even more not that i, I you know i mean <laughs> it was already 
on my bucket list. <laughs> so. I was going to say, you've got to do it. No, when, do. When, so when will we see you on the, on the East Coast? Well, I can't, I won't be traveling anywhere until probably June, but you know, in June I'll be out in DC. Maybe I'll make a little side trip to, to Massachusetts. It's not that far. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, gosh, we're just so proud of you, Michael and your family. And, um, it's, it's a beautiful store listeners. If you haven't uh, been there yet, go to portugaliamarketplace.com. And check out some of the pictures and just all the stuff they have. And then if you happen to be in Fall River, please stop by. It's just, it's amazing. It's really, we need a Portugalia in every community. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do. We yes, do. we do. And I'm going to be there telling Michael along the way, Michael, how about this? Michael, how about that? That I'm going to continue, Michael. <laughs> no, you're, Maria, you're a great sounding board. No, I appreciate I, I appreciate all your advice. And I, and I, and I like sharing ideas with you. It's, it's great. Oh, thank you again. Thank you so much. I know you're busy and taking out the time to talk to Angela and I and to all our listeners. Um, we really appreciate it, Michael. Thank you so thank much. You and this was a lot of fun. Success. Continued thank success, honey. Yeah, happy New Year's to you. And thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you very yes. much. Thank awesome. you, Michael. Thank you. Bye bye. You know, that's the first time I've ever talked to Michael on the phone. And he's just as gracious and lovely as I anticipated that he would be. What a really good guy. What a oh, good my guy. God. You know, I said this before, but like his his mom, his mom, Maria, his dad, Fernando, then it's him. And then it's his sister, Jen. And they, the four of them are just the sweetest, nicest people you could ever meet. And they are truly thankful and grateful for everything. Because as we heard, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of, you know, uh, sacrificing, but you know, they're succeeding, which I love to see people succeed. So yeah. Yay. And I just, I love how it's such a modern concept that's doing well and, and uh, attracting a broader audience. You know, I, it's one of the things I forgot to mention and he forgot to mention there are busloads of people that come in to see the store. Uh, yeah, you this, mentioned that before, yeah. This summer, while I was there, this bus pulled up, and it was Canadians. How funny. It was a busload of Canadians <laughs> that had gone down. <laughs> Destination trip. Yeah, they were there for, you know, whatever. I think it was like the, there was a certain feast that was going on in, in Fall River because, as we all know, Fall River is the 10th island. Mm-hmm. And so there was a big, huge feast going on. And so this this busload of Canadians came in and they were like, you know, like Mecca. Ah, you know, <laughs> open the door. And that, I swear you hear that noise. Ah, mm-hmm. Because it's just uh, all, it's all these wonderful, amazing things. So, um, so I'm so glad he took the time to talk to us. Uh, we've been wanting to talk to him for so long. So, and he's a busy man. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was, that was great. It's a long time coming for that conversation. So well worth the wait. Yep. So, well, everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, here's to 2018 being a great year for everybody and a lot, a lot more podcasts in the, in the making. And you'll be hearing from us uh, quite a bit. 
send us your comments and your suggestions and because uh, we love hearing from you write us a review on itunes please 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 that helps people find our, our podcast and share this podcast with family and friends and make sure you subscribe and that they subscribe and we're on soundcloud as well as itunes uh, and stitcher uh, so if you happen to listen on stitcher we're there too so with that we'll say at the próxima maria Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to our Portuguese Table podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so on SoundCloud or iTunes. And all episodes can be found on our website at www.ourportuguesetable.com. You can also reach us at feedback at ourportuguesetable.com with comments, questions, or suggestions. Até a próxima! This episode is sponsored by Ginja 9, the Portuguese sour cherry liqueur from Albiduz, Portugal. Crafted by hand, made with love. For more information, visit www.ginja9.com.